Hey guys, brand new Birdcast. I got I look like a fucking lunatic. We are on the Hot Summer Nights tour. I am in Memphis right now. I got my This is ineffective. Further so you know, if you're listening, by the way, I forget that people just listen. To, that's how I listen to podcasts. I barely ever fucking watch them on YouTube. I just listen. Um, I have a bandana around my neck. They're ineffective. I've just started wearing legit masks um, on this tour. We are, we are out on tour, Hot Summer Nights tour, socially distant. Right now, we are in Memphis. Uh, I should do some tour dates real quick. There are second shows added to every single venue we're doing on this tour. So if you did not get tickets for the first show, we've added a second show. Also. Um, let me real quick. Let me read off some dates. Also, Memphis. he has a hundred guitars behind him. If you're listening, oh, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> we're gonna get to that. Uh, Memphis tonight, Louisville tomorrow, Columbus on the 14th, the 15th in Pittsburgh, 16th in Philly, Cape Cod on the 17th and 18th, and on the 19th, Ocean Port, and then I am off to work for the month. Um, I am currently in Memphis. Uh, my friend Zach Myers was was kind enough to uh, to give me his house. He is not here right now, and he hit me up and was like, "Yo, uh, please feel free to use my house house in Memphis." And um, that's where I am. And now I am also with Halston on this, and Halston is a huge Shinedown fan. Now. I'm in Zach's guitar room. If you're looking at this on video, this is his guitar room. I am a fan of Shinedown. I'm a fan of music, but I am over fucking whelmed at these guitars. I mean, this, by the way, you're only seeing this side of the room. There's guitars all along this side too. And there's Michael Meyer mask. This is fucking awesome. His shoe closet is right there. And he has, he has the pair of shoes that I've, I've, oh, like the Tiffany Dunks, the Tiffany Air Jordans, the blue and black and silver. Like I just walked in and I went, I know these shoes. I'm, and I'm not even a shoe guy. He's a legit shoe guy. He's got a pair of shoes signed by Kobe. He probably doesn't want me telling everyone what he's got. Anyway, I'm probably not supposed to be going through his shit. <laughs> we're, we're here for the day. Uh, instead of going to the venue, we can't, Zach gave us his house. So we have, uh, our bus parked out back. Everyone's out in the pool right now. Dave's cooking, grilling. It's nice to like, it's nice to just to like be in air conditioning in a house and not in a bus for the day. This is a gift. And I hope I get to give this gift to a touring musician, band, or, or comedian one day because it, he, I know he knows how grateful I am because he's been on the road fucking ridiculous before with Shinedown. But, it's fucking nice. All right, Halston, let's talk music. You remember when, like, a couple of years ago, you hosted the uh, the outdoor yes. music yes. festival? Yes. Oh, I forgot you were at that. Yeah, dude. You hosted the outdoor music festival and Shine Down headline, and I heard that you were going to do that, and I was like, dude, you got to take me with you. I have to go to this. I'm a huge Shine Down fan. I have two Shine Down tattoos. I mean, I've seen them so many times. All their albums memorized, obviously. Um, mutual friends with the band. I just fucking, I love them. I love what they stand for. I love their lyrics. And it's, I'm a legitimate fan. I mean, they're the, they're the best rock band out there right now. Yeah. But, uh, they're working on their album currently. And uh, 
should have a new single from them pretty soon. Well, we hopefully we'll get Zach out to the new podcast studio. You guys can meet and uh, maybe we I think met, we met when you hosted that festival. What's that? We met when you hosted that festival. Yeah, he's a really cool dude. He, he, he him and Chris Porter have been flying around and uh, hanging out. And he's literally, I think he's literally flying in today, but I think we're going to miss him. Um, well, yeah, he's a super comedy fan. Yeah, he's a fucking, let me tell you something. It's, it's, you know, and I, I don't know if it's because of what's going on with COVID or, but the empathy levels have been through the roof with people. For him to text me and go, you know, he texted me when, when I was in Kansas City and he goes, hey, the house is open. And then he wrote back, oh, you're in Kansas City. Oh, it's my bad. I'm in Memphis. And I felt guilty, but I hit him back. I was like, yo, I'm in Memphis tomorrow. And he was like, the house is yours. And I was like, for real? And he was like, yeah. And, and Ron, my tour bus driver, had driven for Shinedown. So oh, like, nice. they know Ron. Ron knows their, their, uh, their tour assistant. All the fucking texts. It's like the small world, man. Once you get into this, like everyone knows each other, but it is, and I, but I, it's, it's, I wonder if it's, I think someone like Zach would do it, whether, whether or not it wasn't uh, COVID, but the amount of community you feel like you have now with, with what's going on with people taking care of each other. I wish that spilled over to other parts of this country and, and it wasn't so volatile. By the way, I just found out everyone's fucking moving out of LA. Tom and I, Maybe Tom and I will move. Maybe Tom and I will move to Key West, open a blues bar. I'm down to go anywhere, dude. I'm down. I got to get out of this apartment. <laughs> I know. It's fucking crazy, man. It is crazy. I just chatting with Joe, and he's t- sending me pictures from Austin. I'm dude, sitting his here new, in Zach's. His new studio looks crazy. Yeah, right? It looks like a spaceship. It's fucking badass. He's sending me pictures that he's not posting. And I'm sitting here going, I'm sitting here in Zach's house, this fucking mansion. It's so much land on a, I mean, it's just so much land. Beautiful. beautiful. And I'm thinking, I don't know. California needs to get its fucking head out of its ass. I'll tell you that right now. I'm tired of this shit. They're increasing taxes again. And you're going, hey, man, you're, you're actually forcing people out of California. Like you're forcing people. I told Leanne, I said, let's just get divorced financially. It makes sense for us. And we'll just, it'll be an amicable divorce where we still have sex and hang out with each other. And then I'll just go buy a house in Austin and I'll live in Austin and you and the girls live in LA and I'll just give you all the money. And, we'll, and then once, you know, once we get established residency, we'll just get, we'll, we'll get married and the girls can be there. Like what the fuck? Like I guarantee you there are couples that are getting divorced just based on the financials of California. Today's guest on the podcast, by the way, we have a few mid-roll reads. Uh, there's a new Two Bears, One Cave that's out right now. New Bill Burt. Um, the tour is still going on. There's merch for the tour. You cannot get that online, I don't think. We may be able to have it on burtburtburt.com. New tour shirts, they're fucking badass. New tour posters, badass. New tour masks. Um, everyone, if you're coming to the show, uh, this is just me talking to you. Try to stay as safe as you can, but enjoy yourself. Get your, if you... you People are getting out of their cars and setting up little spaces and everyone's socially distanced. They're setting the cars far enough apart that you can set up a couch, set up some camping stuff, some camping chairs, have a few cocktails. If you sneak them in, I mean, I can't stop you. I know that I, some places are like no alcohol. I'm like, no way. Really? That's like when, when Leanne said, uh, Hey, our wedding, you can either dance or drink. I was like, uh, uh I'm going to drink and I want to see them stop me from dancing. And so, uh, it's Baptist people. But um, 
So, so bring, get, come prepared, be able to party, you know, get yourself together. We, people are putting up couches. It's so fucking romantic to be on these stages and see people throw like in the back of their bed of their truck in with a mattress and blankets and just watching a show. It's so fucking badass. Such great shows last night. I have to sincerely apologize to Wichita. Wichita got canceled based on um, Thunder Lightning, Thunder and Lightning, and I apologize. Uh, as you know, I stayed four hours and waited four hours until like one in the morning, and there was still lightning in the area, and we could, had to postpone the show. By the way, that will happen uh, from time to time with this. I can't. It is out of my control, and we give you full refunds. If that happens, you get a full refund. You go to the concession stand. I think they're taking down names there. If you ever are in a situation where the weather is making you uncomfortable, I think that's how that works. I think. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not certain. Don't hold me to that. But that's how it worked in Wichita. Today's podcast is a great podcast. The uh, Kyle Kinane is a guy I've known for a long time now. He has one of my favorite lines ever, ever spoken on a podcast. We were talking about the owls I have all over my man cave. And he said, why do you have owls everywhere? I said, owls are my spirit animal. And he was like, what's a spirit animal? I go, it's like something that like, it's, it's my totem. It's my totem. And he said, what's a totem? And I said, totems are like things that you see a lot. And you start noticing like, God damn it, I'm seeing these a lot. And he goes, oh. I said, well, like, what would be your totem? He goes, I think hot dogs are my totem. <laughs> so. This is a podcast with Kyle Kinane. Kyle is bounced out of L.A. So everyone's fucking leaving. Everyone's leaving. What the fuck? Why am I going to stay in L.A. if no one is there to do comedy with? You just see my bald spot? Um, it's fucking Kyle's in Portland, right? Or in Oregon, somewhere in Oregon, mountain biking and grilling out and having cold beers into brisk summer evenings with his chick. They're fucking happy. He's, he's fucking so happy, he said. Anyway, that's not why we did the podcast. We, did, we, we talk about that a lot on the podcast. But we talk uh, about his new special, Trampoline in a Ditch. Kyle Kinane is so fucking funny. He's so talented. And that's what's beautiful. If you're locked up in your house, you're getting on the treadmill, this is an audio only. There's, there's some animated uh, connections, like animated port, parts of this online. But this is audio. You can get this album, I think, at KyleKinane.com. <clears throat> yeah, Spotify, Pandora, iTunes. Spotify, Pandora, iTunes. Get this album and giggle. He has a joke about being an old Kyle that made me laugh so fucking hard. He is a fucking hilarious dude. So please go check it. Trampoline in a Ditch, Kyle Kinane. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, today's BirdCast, Kyle Kinane. Since you probably field this question all the time, do you surf? Do you, I mean, I know you're Florida. I do. I have. I do. But I don't I don't regularly. I want to. I really want to. Yeah. Like I was just saying to Tom, I follow these surfers on uh, on YouTube. This sounds crazy, but like, are we good to record, Halston? Yeah. Um, I follow these surfers on YouTube mm -hmm. that have these vlogs, and I'm obsessed with them. Like, I, I, and I know more about surfing in Hawaii for a person that's never surfed in Hawaii or very much at yeah. all. It's fucking insane that you can get into something like 
things that I'm not, aren't even really my interest. Like I'm into haircut videos. <laughs> I've been watching this guy, Ben really? Brown, cut hair in London, and he doesn't even hold his scissors right, but it's like fascinating. I don't know if it's like one of those things where it's like you just get obsessed with uh, like boat launch videos. I watch a lot of boat launch videos. Wait, like big, like big boats where they like the they they built a destroyer and it goes sideways into the water. Just some yeah. guy back back in a pontoon boat into a creek. All of it, Kyle. Kyle, all, all the full, it. up? <laughs> the my, full realm. My algorithm is so fucked up. My can I tell you what I want to change about my algorithm, but I don't know how to. Is I get Fox News on there, and Fox News. I'm trying to write a joke about it. Fox News is like uh, is like a. Uh, I, I've, I've tried to write this joke. No one gets this joke. Fox News is like when you're in high school and you're looking down the beach and you're like, oh, look at her. Long blonde hair, tight little laugh. Oh, that's a dude. That's a dude. And uh, <laughs> that's what Fox News is for me because they give me news and I go, that's what I'm talking about. These, mo- Oh, fuck. It's Fox News. God damn it. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a dude right away when it comes to Fox News. I'm like, oh, yeah, look at that huge dick. Uh, must, uh, I bet that's Fox News. <laughs> it's always some. It's always some slide in like a social justice issue that slide that Fox News is like, or or someone. What Fox News is great is finding hypocrites and and that are liberals and posting them up, and then I just see hypocrite and I get excited, and then I go, oh, this is not what I wanted. Well, I don't go. I, I, my friend tried sending me something from some like right wing Newsmax source. He's, he's like, "Look at this news." I'm like, "We're calling that news." I'm like, "I don't send you Huffington Post articles. <laughs> I wouldn't send anybody a Huffington Post article and call it news. So don't send me shit from the other side. Like, I know where I'll lean, but I don't. I lean. I don't fall. <laughs> I, got, I lean. I so lean. This one, yeah. But I'm not gonna like share a Huffington Post article. Be like, can you believe the news? I can't. I, feel, I, I heard someone call themselves a left-leaning centrist. And I was like, wait, is that what I am? I think I'm an economist, really, at heart. It, how, how so? How do, like, I, I read Malcolm Gladwell's books, and I go, that's what I want. That, like, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I read Malcolm Gladwell's books. And I, I'm an and, economist. I, and I love the way he just, like, it's, I can only follow things based on numbers. So, and that's what's tricky is, like, they're like more whites are shot by police, and you're like, well, there's more white people, so don't you're you're fucking trying to skew the numbers. Don't like yeah. percentage wise, there's more white people. Of course, more white people are gonna. It's like uh, I was trying to work on a bit a long time ago about Asian drivers. People call Asian drivers bad. No, it's just there's more Asian people in the world, so you're going to run into by mm-hmm. by math, you're going to run into more bad drivers that happen to be Asian because there's a fucking 60, 60 billion of them or something. Oh yeah. The statistics you can, then you can find any statistic. I had a a joke that Asians are great drivers. They're just punk rock about it because they don't care. Like (laughs) they're over it. They're over it. Like if you go to Asia, it's insanity. You know, I I was in China. I was trying to make a joke. Like it, like walking across the street in Beijing is like when you tell your first black joke. Cause it's just like, (laughs) It's, it's so, and it's, but I didn't see any accidents. And because somebody's saying their whole thing is like, they look, everybody looks and is concerned at what's happening in front of them. That's it. That's how you drive in New York too, by the way. So if somebody's making a lane change, you don't get mad at them. You're looking behind, like, you don't like, cause they're not looking behind you. You look in front of you. They're looking in front of them. Only pay attention to what's in front of you. So the idea like that cutting somebody off is this grand insult doesn't exist there. 
because it's like, no, you were supposed to be watching. I was going to this lane. You should have seen me just like you're going to go to that lane, not looking behind you. So it kind of, I guess the guy all the way in the back of the traffic jam is fucked, but everybody else is just, you look forward. That's it. I, t- I was driving with my buddy, Weecho. we were driving a box truck in New York and he was so confident. And this is when I was like 26. He was so confident. And I said, you're making me nervous. He goes, oh, no, no, no. Exactly what you said. I just worry about the people in front of me. They worry about me. And I went, he's like, that's how you drive in New York. And I was like, oh, yeah. In, in Vietnam, when you cross the street, they tell you, do not speed up or slow up. Walk at a steady pace. Mm-hmm. And they know not to hit you. <laughs> that's a lot of faith. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot of faith from a sketchy, drunk American. That's a, that's a trust fall exercise with a, an entire city that you're taking. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I appreciate London. I appreciate all those look left signs on the streets in London. I'll tell you, I'd save my ass many a night. Like who needs this? And then three hours later, your shit face going, thank God. Thank God you wrote <laughs> on the sidewalk that the cars come from the other way. Bro. I knew a dude, I knew a dude in college who was cro- went across the street. I think it was in London. And he didn't look, and a car hit his jaw and knocked his jaw off. What? What? First off, what was it? Max Headroom? Who has just a jaw that's the for, for, foremost yeah. part of their uh, person? Yeah, I, I all I remember is he got his. I remember hearing he got his jaw ripped off, and I was like, "God damn, <laughs> fuck!" <laughs> it's so <What>? fucking finite. <laughs> And that means he was walking in a traffic with just an air of confidence. Like, mm, I'll be fine. <laughs> Dude, I loved uh, I loved that little short you shot with the animated oh, short. Thanks, man. I yeah. love that. I love I love a good fucking joke. And thanks, man. And it's you've never met a grandpa Kyle, you never met old Kyle's. It's so fucking good that you're just like I, I I was laughing out loud, man. I was laughing I, out loud. So is that part of a bigger special that you have? Yeah, yeah. I put out a bigger special. It's an hour. It's a hundred minutes long because it's. I just recorded over. I wasn't doing video this time. I did audio. So I yeah. just recorded every set from a weekend at a comedy on state in Madison. Great club. And uh, yeah, it was a great club. So I had an hour, and then I'm like, oh, I'm doing every show. I'll just add. I'll add a story that hasn't made it on other albums onto each show too. So those are on there. And I was just like, just put it all out. Like there's no, nobody wanted to buy the video or like the special. So I'm like, you know, 800 pound gorilla put it out. And I'm like, just let's put it a hundred minutes. Who cares? There's no constraint. There's no like, Oh, it's gotta be an hour. Gotta be this. Put it all out there. Here you go. So, but yeah, man, I was, I want to do it animated. Cause like, who needs another dude that looks like us? telling jokes like like uh, this look isn't <laughs> who ne- who needs this you know like oh good that guy's face is on screen like, anyway i'm gonna listen to the audio of this later anyway how about just the audio and some cool animation that goes with it i tried to sell the whole thing as an animated special and then nobody wanted it so just wait till it like you start coming out with animated specials hey i dude i loved it i absolutely loved it what it's interesting because they Technically, uh, I haven't I haven't fallen total victim to it, but you're right. They no one's buying shit from white dudes. It just it just does not. It's not. It it looks tone deaf if you do a special with a white dude. Sometimes I don't know, Bert. 
I'll say you're fine. I'm fine. I'm, <laughs> hey, I was very lucky. I think yeah. if I, by the way, I think if I didn't take my shirt off, I don't know if I would be. <laughs> oh, you mean being more white, being physically more white is actually <laughs> helping you? Well, I think people want to deny that there's white privilege. You're an example that the more white you show people, the more specials you <laughs> the get. More, the more privilege you get, yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to go pantsless for the next one, man. You're going to have to full, do full nude. I, hey, man, if that gets me another special, I'll do it. I don't fucking... Oh, the, full, the, full, the full birdie. Oh, God damn. Hold on. Who would do that to me? I love uh, spam calls. They're the best, and they make me happy. Um is uh how do you because you're pretty you're pretty you're not pretty you're you're very open-minded and you grew up I'm, I'm very pretty. I'm, com- I'm confident to be called pretty you're pr- you're pretty and open. i got long lashes but like does that f- like i listen to a bunch of writers saying that they're like 55 year old writers white dudes and they're like yeah man i just can't get a job and some of them were like angry about it and some of them were like you know I understand it. Like, how do you feel when you have a special that you believe is good and you stand behind your work and they go, sorry, man, we don't do it. We don't buy shit from white guys anymore. Does that, do you, do you get frustrated the same way, like the same way a meathead does? Or do you go, I understand that. No, man. See, they're calling you now. They were calling yeah, me. They're calling, calling me now. They're just going through it. Uh, no, man, the way I look at it is, you know, nobody bought anything from me at all before because there wasn't a Netflix and there wasn't like George Carlin and Dave Chappelle got comedy specials or whoever got HBO specials. And that was it. Like you did comedy cause you love comedy. I have an audience, whether or not I have a Netflix special or I get, I think you can get big to a point where you start res- like, I've always wanted to ask you this, but like, do you, like, do you ever look at your audience and wonder, like, oh, what am I doing that brought them here? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking all the time, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would, I'd be scared to get to that. For me or for you? I can, I can, I can deep dive me. For me, for me, I'm scared. Like, I, I would wonder, like, if there's some asshole out there, I'd be like, what am I doing that this guy likes like I actively and I don't know wh- I, who knows where you take shit from any any like I actively I'm like listen uh you know Trump's dog shit stop using single-use plastics try to avoid by like I have my stances out there I don't put it into comedy but I have my stances and I actively tell people I'm like don't like my comedy I don't want you there if you really disagree with me I don't need it I hate it when people think they can dangle fandom in front of you like boy, you keep saying stuff like like during all the Black Lives Matter stuff, I put stuff up, I'm like, oh man, you, you're really going to lose fans. Sia, fucking Nara. Good. Get out of here. I don't know what brought you here in the first place. I'm glad you're gone. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. Why are they you're going to lose me as a fan? Thank God. I didn't ask you to be here in the first place. You sound like a jagoff. Like, why am I? <laughs> and I, wa- like, I would wonder like, if I did something so dramatic, like I think my <laughs> viewpoints, like I said, I don't put it into comedy a lot, but I think you can pick up from my tone on certain issues where I stand on things. Yeah. Well, I'm I, not I, po- political, but I think you could tell that. But I, that's what I, that's what I like about your stand up is I, I, I'm not a big, I'm not a big, um, let me tell you who to vote for fan. Like I'm not a fan no. of, like, of the, uh, you know, 
the the comics that go, hey, here are the people I'm voting for. Just so you know, that's the issues I stand on. I want you to vote for them. I just go like, hey, you can you can definitely tell. I think you can tell my politics in my stand up, but I don't. I definitely would never tell you my politics in my stand up. Yeah. Like, but do I, you have any? But you have jokes where you're like, oh man, this one's gonna really break the audience off if no. I tell this joke. No, see, I, I I made a joke one time. I said, I got both types of people in my audience and I think they both deserve to laugh. And so like, if I do a b- bit like I did on guns, then I will represent both sides fairly ignorantly and go, <laughs> and go, hey, I'm not, I definitely don't want, I definitely don't want anyone who's lost family members to gun violence to go, fuck this guy and walk out. I want yeah. them to think that they're like, yeah, he's on my team. And then they go, oh, he's not on anyone's team right now. Like he just is, burning both sides of the bridge down and standing in the middle. Oh, you, you want to be the blonde on the beach with a dick. That's what you want to be. Yeah, I want to be the blonde like, on the beach. Oh, no, he's, he's, this, this, this dude's pretty cool. Oh, wait, man, a puss? Oh. Yeah. So, like, I did a, I did a bit uh, about owning a gun in my last special, and it it's – I remember uh, one of the notes Netflix said was, you know what, I, you're leaving this out, but you know what I love is you go you used to say, um, if you're for guns, you're going to hate this bit. And if you're against guns, you're going to really hate this bit. And just, I like doing that because I, because I also don't, you know, my dad was pretty, um, my dad was pretty contrarian, like about everything growing up. So like, if I had a viewpoint, whatever I had, he wanted to show me how I was wrong. So I would shut up and stop telling my viewpoints kind of. Yeah. So like, I remember one time I remember one time he, there was a, a, a blue, like a baby blue. We were looking up, he was going to buy me a car and he could get a deal on a Ford Mustang, but it was baby blue. And I said to him, I, I, I could see you. I could see you hate that color. By the way. Yeah, I know. It's, it's sad. That <laughs> I, the story right now. It's like, I, I didn't know at the time, but blue really brings my eyes out. But, um, <laughs> but I remember say, it was like light blue, like sky blue. And I'm, I remember saying to my dad, I, who the fuck thinking my dad would go yeah that's an ugly color he goes who the fuck i go who the fuck would drive a blue car and he goes not every idiot out there is like you not not you're the you're the moron who wants a red or black car not everyone's a fucking idiot out there like whatever <laughs> viewpoint i had he would whittle it the other way and so it, it kind of taught me to be very open-minded and i can't do what say rogan does or or say an andrew schultz does like where i just take a view and I work it that way. I'm more, I'm more prone to want to hear both sides of every opinion. And then I just want to make it funny. Like, because I yeah. think my dad never let me be right. Well, growing up. I'm more interested in watching comics sort through things instead of acting like they're right about something. Cause guess what? Like I, I, you know, I don't like it when people are like, man, that comedian figured it out. No, they didn't. Comedians. No are little fucking fruit flies buzzing around the real world and not being a part of it. We all get to sit back. We made money from jokes and we get to have opinions without getting our fucking hands dirty. So I don't like seeing a comedian going, let me tell you how it is. Like I like, ah, here's how I thought it was. And then I researched it. And then I have, a, I, I, comp- I compromised my viewpoint because I learned some things. My mom would do the same thing. She was always, devil's advocate that's what i was joke about like that's what that like that's devil's advocate that's what the devil wants is like he wants his minions to argue mayonnaise versus mustard like oh <laughs> you know this conversation was going okay you know what it needs a, a, a contrarian asshole oh the devil's work is done <laughs> like, 
but it was a lot of like, hold on, you think you're so steadfast in your opinion, but really are you? And that's what's good about comedy. I think it's a good comedic exercise is to sit there and have an argument with yourself, like high school debate style. If you feel so firmly about something, argue the other side of it. Argue against yourself for the opposing belief and lose, lose to yourself. Lose an argument with yourself and you'll write great comedy. That's how you write good comedy. Dude, I tell you, that's what I'm drawn to with, with definitely with Joe and with Bill is Joe and Bill are huge contrarians. If I, and and uh, you know this sounds crazy because they're they're good friends of mine, but both of them remind me of my dad in a sense of when I bring up a point that I think they'll immediately agree with, they fucking automatically flip it and go, "I disagree one hundred percent." Like that, that there could be a clip reel of that me and Bill doing that a hundred percent, and me and Joe doing that. Like, it's, but it's harder to. Sorry. No, no, go ahead, please. I was going to say, it's harder to do comedy from praise than it is from criticism. It's harder, like, it's easy, like, this thing sucks, and let me tell you why. But try to do comedy, like, this thing's great, and then make people laugh. Or you're just being like, I like it, and it makes me happy. Like, it's it's harder to celebrate things. But if you can take it from the opposite direction of something you know they're going to criticize. Like, if you go, like, if you you said, uh, I'll, I'll tell you why I love abortion or something like something where you're like, whoa, that's a, a, a or I'll tell you why I love racism. And then they're like, I automatically disagree with you, but then you go, oh, yeah. I'm going to work it. I'm going to work it the other way. Then you can always find, there's always like, that's yeah. the, that's always been the angle. I like is the, the uphill fucking walk. Yeah. You know, I, I, I still want to go back to these boat launch videos. I don't I just put a pin in that in my head? Cause I'm yeah. fascinated. I'm going to look at these also, by the way, before we'll dissect comedy all we want, but boat launch videos. I wonder if it's just something, you know, emotionally cathartic about seeing something get set out to sea or a metaphorical. And I want to get into that. One. I think but I was, I think <laughs> I honestly, I think, I think I was obsessed with rogue waves for a while. And so whatever, whatever the, like, Watching, there's something. How much very, free time do you have, man? I watch. I have <laughs> I so obsessed much, with rogue waves. <laughs> I, I got. I get into these deep dives, Kyle, where I get on my computer, and all of a sudden, I am lost in a like. I watch this one guy. I, I mean, I can tell you very much about this guy. He was a flash flood chaser, and it was fascinating to see him predict a flash flood coming. Like it was. He would be like, all right, I'm here in the valley. He had the weirdest shaved beard, weird glasses. Like, you know, the guys that have like almost cool, like too, they're, 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 eyewear is too modern. And it like, you're like, those would look good as sunglasses, but as eyeglasses, it looks the weird. Tw- the $20 gas station ones. Yeah. And he would predict a flash flood. And then he would find a great vantage point where he could run with it and then jump in front of it a couple times. Like he'd find switchbacks where he could jump in front of it and catch it again. And then I was fascinated. And so I got into this, like, I got into... Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't there always signs that say, warning, flash flood area? There are so places not, where flash floods are yeah, common. Yeah. Is he there? No, so what he'll do... Yeah, he's there, and he's in these... Well, that's not, it's not like he found it. They put a sign up. Yeah, but I, the idea that he would... That he Ignore would, the sign. He would know that he would see a storm coming and then go, oh, Doppler radar says there's a flash flood coming. And then he'd jump in front of it. And flash floods were beautifully mesmerizing. Like a flash flood 
it's so beautiful in the uniformity of the chaos. Like there's so much tumbling oh, shit. Yeah. There's like wood and logs and it, they're all jumping in front of each other. Like they're trying to get to the front of a concert. It's gorgeous. <laughs> and, then, and then, and then there's something very primal about watching a boat get caught inside the waves, like, and try to get out. And you see, you see absolute, like chaos on a scale, you know, you know, when you have you ever been say like in New York and you hear a woman scream and it's a real scream and all of a sudden you are ripped out of your, your bubble of, of safety and you go, Oh, there's yeah. an error out there. Yeah. There's, so there's, a glitch in the, a glitch in the system. Yeah. There, there's something about that, that with like rogue waves and, and, and flash floods that just caught my eye where you go, Hey, everything was going fine. Fuck flash flood. Oh my God. We're all dying. Well, I, I mean, I, I always kind of was fascinated with the storm chasers, which seem like it's like X amount of scientists that want to collect data and have a little hard on for excitement. And then just hillbillies that bolted a lot of aluminum trash cans to their suburban and try to drive into tornadoes. And like that mix of it. I'm like, all right, you know what? I, I would probably fall in with the ladder and like, you know, a, a fake armored Toyota Cressida, but yeah. I like, all right, I, I would check it out. I would, ch- I would, I would check out a tornado. I think I'd go, I grew up in like Midwest. So like I grew up just close enough to Chicago that I think the elevation of the buildings never created uh, enough uh, uh, opportunity for a tornado, but it was always like one town over. You'd always hear like, ah, cinder cone or what, what are they called? Like a, they, they got the funnel cloud touchdown in Lombard. And then it's just my mom yelling like, find the cat, get in the basement. I'm like, they never <laughs> it's fine. No, get the cat. <laughs> Running around the yard, green sky, looking for a damn stray cat to bring in the basement. I think there was something about my childhood where I, I could sniff out the terror that was right around the corner. And I think that's why I have anxiety is that I could go, Oh, this could all go sideways in a fucking minute. And I always felt that like I was hyper aware of like, I'm really afraid of lightning, like genuinely afraid of lightning because I've seen dudes get struck by lightning and it goes from, Oh, it's not that close to, Oh my God, that (laughs) laying in a puddle of shit and piss. Yeah. It's lightning. It's lightning. It's It's lightning. If you could predict lightning, you could power the universe. (laughs) That's why it's still scary because you can't. Hiring is challenging, especially with everything you have to consider today. But there's a place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where businesses can connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash BertCast. ZipRecruiter sends your jobs to over 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't just stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find the right people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter makes the entire hiring process efficient and effective with features like screening questions to filter candidates and an all-in-one dashboard where you can review and rate your candidates. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employees, employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within just the first day. And right now, try ZipRecruiter for free. My listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T, ZipRecruiter.com, slash BirdCast. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 
I was with my daughter the first time she ever saw lightning and she was old enough to, and we don't get it out here in LA. Yeah. So we were in uh, Alabama and we were under the porch at our lake house and uh, it, rain was coming across the lake <clears throat> and lightning hit on the lake. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the, th- it, the lightning, I, th- I forget, but you hear the thunder or the lightning hit and then the thunder came. Yeah. She goes, wait, what's that? She was maybe like five, you know, maybe like kindergarten or first grade. And I went, are you being serious? And she goes, what is that? I said, that's lightning. She goes, that's lightning. And I went, you've never seen it. She goes, no, I've never seen it. And then it hit again. She goes, oh my God, it's beautiful. And I said, yeah, (laughs) he goes, we should go out on the lake. And I go, no, 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 we don't want to do that, baby. He was like, Here's why? where science comes into play. Yeah, she goes, why? And I said, because if it hits you, it'll kill you. And I watched <laughs> a child find beauty and then terror within a section. She went from like, it'll kill you? And I was like, oh, yeah, you didn't know that? She was like, "Like, is it hurt? And I go, oh, it hurts a lot. <laughs> it's like bullets from heaven. You don't know where they're going to land, and they're just random, and it's terrible. Like, imagine like moving anywhere and seeing uh, – we, we were just in Crater Lake yesterday which is a volcano that collapsed and is now the deepest lake in the deepest lake in America. I think ninth deepest lake in the world because it's an empty volcano. We're just swimming in it. And you're like, Oh, wait a minute. You know, we, uh, 20 miles away where we passed up lava rock next to a Creek that blew out of the top of this thing. Like, don't like, again, the fascination with rogue waves. (laughs) You can't fuck with nature, man. I think that's the, the surfing. I'm mesmerized by surfing because that's just, I was making a joke like surfing is just this kind of weird sexual assault of the ocean because it's just guys going out like, come on, just a little in the ocean's like, stop it. Like, (laughs) I don't want to. Like, that's all it is, is the ocean being like, please stop doing this. But all those surf documentaries, all like Laird Hamilton and Hamilton. my cousin, my cousin snapped his neck in four feet of water in Santa Monica. It was given a 99% chance that he was never going to walk in. He's, he's okay now. He's just got a scar he really likes telling people about. Because he's from California. He's like, oh, check it out, bro. Stoked. And he shows you the stitches. Yeah. But yeah, four feet of water. Just screwing around. Whoop. Flipped him off. Broken neck. It's the, Broke his eye socket with, with a surfboard. Was he, surf, was he surfing? All surfing, yeah. It's interesting. I'm, I... I had my first obsession with surfers was Laird Hamilton because there was something, there was something very frontiersy about him, about the way he, like, I remember watching him paddleboard into the wave at Tiapu. I'm not, I know I'm not saying it right, but the wave at Tiapu is like the thickest wave in the world. The the one in Tahiti. And people were towing surfing and he paddleboarded like it was one of those big, long 12 foot paddleboards. And I remember thinking, I don't, I don't know what part of my personality has that. I don't even know if I have that in stand-up where they're like, it's a shit show. Uh, they, it's, they just got out of prison and they're playing for a football team. They want you to go up in the locker room. <laughs> I've done that. I'll do that for stand-up. Because, like, have you ever felt physical fear during stand-up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Like you, like you thought... I thought I was going to get fucking beat up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Miami improv. Are you shitting me? (laughs) Oh yeah. Guy in the front row is doing this going like this. And I go, what are you doing? And he goes, when you get done, I'm going to beat you with a baseball bat. And then I go, Oh, you must be Dominican. And he didn't get the joke. And he goes, no, now you really get fucked up. (laughs) 
Yeah. I definitely. <laughs> we did. Uh, you know, you know, Kurt Braunohler, right? Oh, yeah. We, this oh, I bet he did great Miami. <laughs> well, we, he was doing a thing where he was going to jet ski the length of the Mississippi River. And he's going to raise money for like goats and chickens for like these villages in Africa. Cause if they have goats and chickens, they could have milk and food. Like, so he's doing it for a good cause, but he's going to jet ski. <clears throat> he was taping it at, for a web series. And I met him in like some border lake between Tennessee and Alabama. And we're like, well, we got to figure out a place to do stand up for these people. We're, we're in a fake jet ski gang. We're wearing pleather vests, like plastic leather vests and swim trunks and did stand up in the middle of the day at this biker bar. And the owner of the bar is like, yeah, I can get a crowd in here. Who do you think's available in the middle of a weekday a bike gang? That's who's available. So they showed up in real leather vests and we're in like, like swim trunks and fake vests. And we did stand up for him. Like if we're going to die, like I'm going to do my best jokes. Like I'm not going to pander and lose. I'm going to go for it. And I just went prison rules because there was one dude named Big Bear and he had a spider web tattooed on his whole face. And it was an old tattoo. It was when face tattoos really meant you were a murderer and uh, not just like a SoundCloud rapper, you know? And so he had this and I was like, I'm just going to make fun of this guy. And if everybody else gets on it, then okay. Otherwise, we're going to die anyway. At least I'm going to like try my best. And uh, it was close. It was close, man. Yeah, I saw. I, by the way, I watched the old dudes that do drugs. Yeah, oh, I you watched, saw that one. I watched the documentary because I had pitched to Comedy Central in 2009. I said, "Hey, I want to take a jet ski from from Cancun to Tampa, and I want to land when my special premieres. At the same time, my special premieres, I'm going to land in Tampa like an hour before my special, and it'll be a big promotion." And they were, and I was like, it's all about chase boats. It's all about chase boats. <laughs> and they were like, that's, they go, I, I don't know what, what, how that would help. I go social media. We'll put it on. I'm sure it was MySpace at the time. We'll put it on MySpace or Facebook and people will watch the videos and then they'll, it'll be a promotion. And they were like, yeah, that's not going to work. Why don't we just get some commercials? And I was like, no, this is how to do it. And then, and then, the, and then Theo Vaughn told me, he goes, he goes, man, that's so crazy. I told him the idea. He goes, that's so crazy. Yeah. I wanted to jet ski around the, country around the world and do stand up on jet skis and then kurt bronholer fucking did it he did it like me and theo <laughs> just thought about fucking pipe dreams he did it i watched him where he would he almost got electrocuted that whole thing they got like there was locks the river was closed they had to drag the jet skis around locks and everything crazy well, I like how you're like, you say, you know, that your father was a contrarian, but you've already told me how you have anxiety, but then you wanted to swim through or jet ski through part of the ocean for comedy. I think you also possess some contrarianism. Yeah. Well, you know what? I enjoy, I'm having anxiety right now. We leave tonight on tour at midnight and I've, I, we've already done a tour like this in drive-ins. I know it's, fa mm -hmm. I know it's safe, but I'm, I woke up last night and I said, why am I like? What's wrong with me? Why am I doing this? Like I could just stay at home and not leave and not do anything. <laughs> That's and, what I'm doing, man. Yeah. And be like, <laughs> not go anywhere. Just stay in my house, work out, eat right, don't drink. And I go, but instead, like there's a, there's this part of me that like goes, I, I, I know people are, I know that I would enjoy it to go see like, you know, I know Wilco's doing drive-in movie theaters. Like if I had an opportunity to go see Wilco, throw my family in a car, 
maybe socially distance and tailgate a little bit, not get close to anyone, but stay safe. Mm. Bro, yeah. in a fucking heartbeat, I'm going. In a heartbeat. So I go, I know that I have that opportunity to do that. I know that I also need to be in Macon on a certain date and I don't want to fly. Mm. And so I go, this is what you do for a living, Bert. You got this and you know it's safe. You know that you can be distant from everyone. But p- part of me, you're right, Kyle, is I, my anxiety, I, get, I bite off more than I can chew and then my anxiety goes, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, but then you get into it and you handle it. I'm, I haven't done any stand-up. I, 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 my thinking is, and I'm, again, I say this out loud to hear other opinions, but, uh, I mean, you got enough clout that you can do the bus tour and you can do drive-ins. Yeah. I don't have that. Also, we're never going to get a time in our lives like this again. Now, I'm very fortunate that, you know, I saved money. I'm not hurting that way or scared. Like, here's a forced timeout from the world. Yeah. And uh, I, everything, like, once in a while, I'm like, oh, you're being lazy. I'm like, I'm still writing bits. But I'm like. When else is it just the world's going to be like, hey, man, why don't you just work on a garden or something? Like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take that cue. Like, I'm already an introvert. I don't need the being around people and everything. I learned that, you know, recently that, like, you could be an introvert. doesn't mean you hate people. It just means that you get exhausted being social all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. Because I always felt bad, like, after shows, like, I don't want to like party with a bunch of people and I don't want to go out or anything. It's not that I don't like that they were there. I'm like, I don't know what else you want from me, man. I just did stand up. If you do two shows in a night, I'm like, I don't have any more stories, man. I'm a, I'm a dried out piece of fruit. I got nothing left for you. And so this, I'm like, Oh, just stay home, play with your remote control cars and fix your bicycles and do it. I'm like, yes, absolutely. I'll do that. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, uh, I think I felt that, you know, it, what's interesting is I, when this pandemic started is when I, I came up with the idea to do drive-ins and called out, called my yeah. agent and say, get, get me started. And I think, I think my initial fear was money, despite the fact that I was fine. Like I, 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 I was fine. I had, we don't, you know, obviously you've been to my house. It's not very big. We can afford this house. Um, and, w- and we had bought a new house and we were starting to build that. And I, I, and we, we've saved enough money where we can afford to do everything. Like we've, I've not spent money in my career ever, but I still shut down the building of the new house. And I was like, stop. And then I was like, let's, let's hold up. Like, let's not do anything. And then part of me, part of me was like, I I need to figure a way to make money. I just felt like listless, like rudderless. If I wasn't trying to work and trying to earn. And then, and then I didn't. And then obviously it took a while for them to kind of come up with the, the, routing and the way that to do a, a drive-in it took forever to get like logistics of it and by yeah. the time i got the offer from the promoters of like hey we figured out how to do it i i think i'd been home for like a hundred days maybe and i was like yeah. all right let's get on the road I, i'm ready to get on the road but but you're right i think this well i, I took a tv show and so in, in in getting there i was like let's take the, let's do another leg of the tour and then they were like hey let's do a tour on the way back and, and then and then i'm like Yo, you're right. I've been very, very lucky to spend this time with my girls. And and yeah. this has been a, a blessing for guys like me and you who live at nights and all on the road and working nonstop. Like you are getting an opportunity to um to that you'll never get again, ever. And to especially like we just put our dog down and I thought I said to the girls, Yeah, how lucky are we that the pandemic hit and we got to spend 
just an extra 140 days every day with that dog. Every day with that dog. We morning to night, we, the we, the family would end up cuddling with all the dogs in the living room for an extra like that would never fucking happen. So you find out the dog was an introvert. He's like, just fuck off already. I'm done with these pets. Let me go in peace. I'm a wild animal. Let me crawl you under are, the porch. You are an authentic <laughs> introvert. You genuinely are an introvert. <laughs> yeah, man. I, let me just come on, man. Leave me alone. But I, and, I, and I'm not. And I'm not saying like this is great for everybody. That how I'm handling it is how somebody else should handle it. Yeah, you know. But as Shane said the shows were fun. By the way, old They're Shane blessed. Torres, old Sugar Shane said they were a good time. They're, dude, they're, they're so much fun, and I think I don't. I I've come to realize they're not for everyone. People who are too precious with their act, uh, they're not going to do well. Um, people who, uh, people who can't do stand, like people who can't go into a biker bar and have fun with it, and go, let's just fucking have like you and Bron Holler could do it very easily, but not not everyone is is mm-hmm. dialed in for it. But I, I don't know. You know it's uh, I mean, it's almost the year anniversary of the biggest bomb I've ever had of my career when I opened for the Impractical Jokers at a amphitheater and ate shit Wait, exactly you, a year ago. Where did you open? Wait, what amphitheater? <laughs> In Chicago. I, I thought I'm like I'm from there. I'll make a I'll I'll, I'll say like oh man the world music I, I saw Lollapalooza '94 there. Yeah, that's how that's how big this place was. I saw Lollapalooza in the '90s there. Wow. The Beastie Boys on that same stage. Still the best show I've ever seen. And so I saw Smashing Pumpkins too, but I actually fell asleep during Smashing Pumpkins. And I just go out like, oh man, I actually was sitting right there. I fell asleep during Smashing Pumpkins and a woman in the front row of an amphitheater, an outdoor amphitheater holding two beers just goes, fuck you. That was a great show. And just I'm like, <laughs> I got heckled by one woman out of 12,000. And it blew my whole set because I like all I can see is one woman, twelve thousand people out there. I just see one woman with two beers, like you suck. I'm like, all right, <laughs> like I, I couldn't adapt. I couldn't. I couldn't switch gears after that. I didn't know what to do. I was overwhelmed. It's, it's so, interesting. It's interesting. That's that, what I'm curious that's, about these drive-through shows. Oh no, they're 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 fine. And I think you know, in, I'm being fair in saying this, and I, I don't think I'm being too judgy. But um, drive-in, uh, my drive-in movie theater shows are different in, than Impractical Joker shows in that my fans are legit comedy fans. And I think the Impractical Joker amphitheater tour are Impractical Jokers fans. Oh, yeah. I, bl- I do not blame the crowd at all. I blame my uh, lack. Like, I, I, I looked out there and I had one of those sets. I'm like... Yeah, I don't think this is going to work. And then I, I fulfilled it. And I... Yeah, I... I don't Their know bands about Sal, they, they love they love Sal, they love Murr, they love they love the boys. Like that's what I don't I don't blame it at all. You know what? Jessica Kirsten went on before me. She crushed it. So I was like, all right, they're still out there laughing. But yeah. I think I don't think I can do drive-in movie theater. I can probably do like a Sonic, I could do a Sonic burger. I could do like a drive-in <laughs> restaurant. I can handle that. No, you I was, tell, I was telling my guy, I'm like, just you know what? Just put because uh, I'm worried about all these venues closing. This National Independent Venue Association. I'll plug. I'll plug this place. They're the they're the organization that's trying to like go to Congress and say like you need to save all these live venues that are closing. Like the the sizes that I you know thousand seaters and stuff that I'm at, and a lot of them stuff that I already had booked. The venues are shutting down. Yeah. So anybody watching should go to this. 
And, uh, but I was like, just, you know what, just book me in fucking Denny's. There's a Denny's in every city, if not five or six of them, tell them they're all laid out the same way. You tell them here, here's how you set up the chairs inside of Denny's. So everybody said, cause they all got the same amount of chairs, the same yeah. uh, floor plan. I'll do Denny's 11 o'clock at night. I'll come in. I'll take over the banquet room. Like, that's it. I'll just do a tour of Denny's. I don't know what to do anymore. But no, but that's, but that's, but that's what I love about, I mean, that's what I, I wish, like, because, like, I I, uh, I love about stand-up is, like, Chappelle said, let me just do it my way. You're saying, let me do it my way. And I love the let me do it my way kind of vibe that's happening. And I think it's, you know, I've always been very careful not to ever reference punk rock because i'm a fan of punk my whole life but as far as the marketing of punk or the the do-it-yourself of punk i i have always been more of a corporate guy like like i've I've always like lined into oh let's just get into the funny bones and the improvs whereas i saw guys like you and segura go no 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 i don't need that i can do there's a rock venue that's got 600 seats i'll just do one show there on a thursday and then i don't need to do a weekend somewhere and so I always careful not to say that I've ever been very punk rock, but I will say that's one of the things I borrowed from punk rock was like, Hey man, you can do this your way. Like it doesn't need to be the way that the, that the, that the, the stream's going. If you go against the stream upstream, whatever direction, that's what you can do. And that's what you guys have always done. No, it's all, it's, it's all made up. There's not like everything's made up. Like, Oh, this person gets 10% of your income. Why? Well, because that's how it is. Says who? Yeah. I, I didn't get into those places. I wasn't like, you know, forsaking the funny bones or improvs. They just weren't hiring me. I'm going to go like, my thing was like, Oh, I'm going to sell 20 tickets for off uh, every five show of my own. And then the rest will be people who don't give a shit and won't like me anyway. If I could sell 20 tickets per show for five shows, that's a hundred tickets. I'll just do a bar that holds a hundred people and let those hundred people come to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, it, but it wasn't like the, the improv was like, please come here. It like, no, it was it, it, it's not like they wanted me that much. Now no, it's like, Hey, do you want to play the improv? I'm like, nah, I've already been doing this thing and it's working well. No, no harm, no foul to any of those places. And sometimes I do some clubs in this nap, but I took it off from music and how it was, you know, I'll go, I'll go play. I'll play the club. I'll play the parking lot club. My thing, right. I'm, I'm pr- I don't know if I'm going to get like a sprinter van and just go bring a PA and set it up on the roof of the sprinter van. There's ways to do it. I never thought about the paycheck part of it. I thought about just figuring out a way to do it. The paycheck part will come. If you're doing it for the right reasons, the paycheck part will come. Well, well, do not get into drive-ins for the paycheck. I will tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> it is not cost-effective, brother. <laughs> yeah, how many how many Chrysler fans are huffing fumes in the trunk trying to get into the show? <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it's just as far as overhead goes. It is. I met a dude the other day that I said, uh, I, this very nice guy, and I said uh, he was helping my bus driver back my bus in to my house. And I said, hey, man, how you doing? He said, good. He said, you ready? And I said, for what? And he goes, get back on the road. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, what do you do? And he goes, I'm one of your tour bus drivers. I said, really? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I drive the crew. I don't drive the stage. And I went, wait, you've been on tour with me? And he goes, I've been on tour with you for that whole time, that whole run you did. And I went, and so the overhead is astronomical. I have a tour, another tour bus that travels with 12 dudes who do all the production and set up the stage and Bring it, set up the camera, set up the sound, set up, run the board. It's 
So it's not cost effective. But man, I will tell you right now, very honestly, there is a sound system I think that Bose puts out that is just one stick and one mic, yeah. and it is fucking phenomenal. That's all you need sound wise. And you can do there. I look at her, I go, man, I know that pa uh, Pan Pacific Park has a little amphitheater. Why aren't we doing shows there? There's, yeah. you know, like, there's so many ways to do stand up right now. For me, I, I just want to get on stage. I want to, I want people that want to get out of their house to be able to do it in a safe way. That's it. You know, yeah. people that want to live their life and don't want to just be holed up and go, man, let's, let's have an event next Friday night. Or for me, that's the other part is like the only way it works with drive-ins is you have to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So it's like fucking selling tickets oh, on in Wichita on a Monday is an uphill battle. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I thought you were doing like, just like, the, I don't know how drive-ins work anymore. I thought you like tuned to whatever, so yeah, so low, low low dial AM frequency. It's an FM speaker in your car window. No, it's an FM. Everything goes right into their FM speakers. Everyone's got their radios on, so that the audio is pretty fucking amazing because you can hear like everyone can hear it because everyone's got their FM cranked up, and uh, and then their speakers on stage like wedges, so I can hear myself. But the whole first, I'd say the first maybe forty cars, fifty cars can all hear you. You're you're that's. That's your your feedback is those those they're laughing yeah people nobody's honking nobody's being dickheads some people go up with an energy of like of like if they don't feel it going good they start shitting on the crowd yeah and then and then and then they fight with them or I go up and I go I hear I hear lots of laughter and if you if you have a good joke mm -hmm. and a pop you'll hear everyone you'll hear a valley of people laughing and yeah. so. But I just, all I need is the sound guys next to me. I don't, I mean, I, like, and then it's, it's great. I love it. No one honks. No, until the end. When you're standing Good up. For you, man. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I'm okay. glad it's working. I was curious how it was going. I didn't get that. Shame to say, he's like, it's, it's fun. You know, he's got different perspective because he's open. And so he gets to go up and just have a party. You got to support the weight of the whole operation on your shoulders. Two buses? Or are you fucking you two? Jesus. Three, three buses. Three. three. You are you two. Three buses, but it's just, it's all, it all comes off the top. So like, it's not like, I mean, theoretically it's a, you're kind of not, you're not four walling these, but you're definitely in a position where every penny that comes in goes out of your pocket. Yeah. So, uh, it's, and, but you know, for me, the other thing, and this, by the way, I was, I've never been the most empathetic guy in the world, but like the expressions and the, and the, the, the sentiment that the people that work on this tour at Hotbox have had to where, where they're grateful for working, you know, for you have 15 people. Yeah. You're employing 20, people. You're 20 people that are, are like coming up every night, man. Hey man, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Like, yeah. I, you know, it's been really dry this year and now I'm, I'm good. So thanks. And so yeah, like, that's cool, man. Yeah. So it's cool. I, w I wish I could give more people the opportunity with my fans. Cause I know my fans are just comedy fans. They're like, they want to see good comedy. And yeah. so, so like I, I, I'm trying, no one's, I thought, I thought everyone would be at home with their parents. So I'm like going like calling up Nikki Glazer, Greg Warren going like, Hey, I'm in Kansas. Why don't you guys come out? I'm in Missouri. Why don't you come out? Like, and then in New York, I'm like, I want to hit up like Attell and Brewer and be like, yo, I'm in Jersey. Why don't you come out? I'm in Cape Cod. Who's up, who's up around here? Come yeah. experience the show. But I also, you know, it's also, it's, <laughs> fucking it's a pain in the ass to coordinate all that shit. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't been. 
I don't know. Maybe I should feel bad, but I'm like, nah, I'm, I'll write jokes. There's going to be jokes. I'll get back yeah. to jokes eventually. But for right now, no, man, I got, I, we, we're living in Oregon for the time being. Really? I got a yard. I got a yard with a stray cat and a fire pit. Uh, I can do this. So for a tell while, me about. Man. Tell me <laughs> more about your quarantine life because I'm fascinated. Like, <laughs> guys like you, guys. See, there's something that not maybe everyone knows this, but guys like you don't just live to do stand up. You live to do a lot of other things. Like you have you have other interests and you have other passions, and and you are and you are legit a guy who kind of takes the luxury of stand up and voiceover and and acting and and all that and kind of applies it to the other side of your life where you're like, I like the outdoors. I like the mountain bike. I like to, I like to do things with my chick. Like how's your quarantine life been? Well, I was going to say, I never wanted to put com make comedy a position where I had to do it, whether I wanted to or not. Cause then that was, I knew like I wasn't going to be able to fake being excited to do comedy. If I had to be like, that's how I was, I always like bust people's balls when I hear somebody's doing a crowd work tour. I'm like, nah, somebody bought a house but doesn't have a new hour yet tour. That's what that is. And it's, I mean, and I'm sure it's still a fun show to go see, but every time I hear crowd work tour, I'm like, boop, somebody's paying for a divorce. <laughs> you know? Somebody's got to get back to Denver, even though they were just there 10 months ago because uh -oh. they got a kid on the way or whatever. I bust balls on that, but I'm sure they're very fun shows. But I never wanted to be financially in a place where i'm like oh shit i gotta work like like this is the i mean this is like comedy is a passion and sometimes i'm not very passionate about it and i have designed my life i keep joking that i'm semi-retired but isn't that but that's what it is it's the goal is that like when you retire you just do the things you like you don't worry about money and you do the things that you're excited about and that's how i wanted to always preserve stand-up as something that I do it because I like it. If I stop liking it, every year I take the whole summer off anyway. I don't know if that's mentally, you know, hangover from school or whatever, like summer break or whatever. But I was like, no, I'm going to take three or four months off for sure just to regroup and live life and then have experiences and then process those experiences in the stand up. It's not going to be comedy all the time, nonstop. I like, I, I got to go out and live my life and then I'll start writing stories about that. So this has just been, like I said, I was already, I already do this part of the year anyway. This is just forced upon me. My activities aren't group-based activities. They're, you know, we were camping, uh, you know, bike riding, which I had to take a couple weeks off because I fucking smashed my long burger real solid a couple weeks ago. Really? So, yeah, I went over the bars and clip clip the beans pretty good to <laughs> take not didn't go to the hospital but man right in the mailbox i was like oh there's a reason They're like you know what it's a black diamond trail so you walk it first to see what obstacles are coming up and i didn't do that and i'm also not good at mountain biking in the first place so <laughs> i had a lesson learned and it was delivered right to my mailbox uh but now i'm in the pacific northwest which I, I nothing's really changed for me other than I, we moved to oregon because we had an opportunity to come up here and stay in a house. So we're just, I'm kicking it in the suburbs. I'm from the suburbs. I get the suburbs. I didn't like it when I lived there as a youth because you think there's no culture and there isn't. I lived in the most suburban suburb you could have where it was like just Taco Bell and McDonald's basically being like warring factions across the one main intersection. 
And now I'm back in it, but I'm fine with it. I like a grocery store. Granted, mask distance, but I love a grocery. I love like a just a big, not a city grocery store where it's packed and there's nothing like ah, just a big, well lit suburban grocery store and everything's always organized. That's something that puts me at ease. I don't think I have like super OCD or anything, but there's something about like like faced grocery store aisles, facings where everything's like put up the right because I used to work at a Kmart. But just seeing all that, I it's very soothing, very calming. Much like the floods, I'm the opposite. I love a nice grocery store aisle where everything's put in its place. Oh, I'm good with it, man. It's quiet. It's quiet at night. There's no leaf blowers. Oh, there's no it's leaf blowers. Loud as fucking shit in LA. I went back for a few days and I remember just laying there like it's just oh, you don't you don't remember what silence is. Yeah. I didn't know I had tinnitus until I left LA. I'm like, what's that sound? Oh, it's the ringing in my ears. <laughs> I never get, I never get to experience that when it's just leaf blowers and dogs and all this kind of shit. I'm like, oh, this is what tinnitus is. This podcast is brought to you by Miller High Life. Miller High Life brings pride to the simple things in life. Miller High Life is a unpretentious quality beer with refreshing champagne-like tiny bubbles in an iconic glass bottle that is accessible. To all celebrate wins of every day with Miller High Life. Whether they're big or small, there are moments within every day we're celebrating. And celebrating with Miller High Life, the champagne of beers is the way to do it because it's a high quality beer within everyone's reach. Starting this May through August, this summer, Miller High Life will raise a can to celebrate summer's simpler moments with a limited edition champagne cans. Simple summer moments don't have to be big or call for a huge celebration. It can be just having a barbecue in the backyard, firing the barbecue up for the first time, maybe having friends over when that happens, firing up the grill, find these limited edition cans in stores right now. Like I said, it is a quality beer within everyone's reach and they're bringing pride to the simple things in life. The brand is iconic. We all know how proud it is to hold them. Miller. High Life with the glass bottle in your hand. This is a beer that was faithfully brewed the same way since the start of this brand on New Year's Eve of 1903. Their founders believed that everyone should enjoy the good life, which is why they created the Champagne of Beers. So brilliant, the Champagne of Beers. Celebrate this summer. Miller High Life, the Champagne of Beers, a quality beer within everyone's reach. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The way we work together seemingly changed overnight. And if there's one thing we've learned is having access to the right resources is essential for adapting your business. 2020 is the year of uncertainty. So how can your business plan for the unexpected? There's so much happening right now. Finding the right talent can be time consuming, frustrating, and outright expensive. Fiverr's online marketplace connects businesses with freelancers offering hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and so much more. I have said it over and over and over again. I'm always looking for a graphic designer to make t-shirts, to make posters. And when I put it out online, I, I quite honestly get overwhelmed. And then sometimes when I get overwhelmed, I get offers. I like the thing. And then we haven't set a price. This is why Fiverr's awesome. Whether you're launching your first business, scaling your current business in need of extra support, or just to, trying to complete a project, Fiverr's global network of on-demand freelance talent is here to help. It's easy. It's customize your search by service, deadline, price, seller, review. Very simple. 
or you can deal with their customer service. It's there 24 sevens. There's no more guessing game. You'll know exactly what you're paying for upfront. No negotiated needing needed a network of quality talent. You can count on freelancers who've worked with some of the most influential brands. Find freelancers that are ready when you are. Fiverr's platform is flexible enough to accommodate and manage the ebb and flow of business. Check out Fiverr and receive 10% off your first order by using my code BERTCAST. Find all the digital services in one place at Fiverr, F-I-B-E-R-R.com. And the code is BERTCAST again. That is Fiverr. And the code is BERTCAST. We went out to uh, a dude ranch with the girls, took them out there. We had the whole dude ranch to ourselves. And uh, what's what's a dude ranch versus a regular ranch? Uh, I, I think a dude ranch is where you ju- I th- where your your goal is to ride horses. I think. Oh, oh, that's an interesting. Halston, will you look up what's the difference between a, what a dude? What's the definition of a dude ranch? Um, I like that. Not, neither of us want to go for the easy joke on it. Yeah, it shows maturity. You know, it shows growth. It shows maturity. <laughs> <laughs> A dude ranch is a place where you get to learn all about life on a ranch. On a guest ranch, you usually need to pay extra for activities like riding, hunting, and fishing. Vacations on a dude ranch usually last for a minimum of one week, whereas guest ranches allow even a one-night stay. We were at a guest ranch, and uh, (laughs) (laughs) we were at a guest ranch, and and we were, I saw the Milky Way for the for the maybe not, maybe for the first mm-hmm. time in my life, I saw the Milky Way. I legit saw the Milky Way, and my daughters pointed it out, and I could not stop looking up. I could not stop staring at it. And they're like, "That's yeah. like they're like it's like the first time you've ever seen stars." And I went, "No, you know, I haven't taken the time to look at the stars in a long time, and it's really fucking amazing. And I and there's no light pollution. We're in the middle of the desert." And I just could not. I mean, I could see the Big Dipper. If you said as a child, yeah. point the Big Dipper, I'd be like, you can see stars? I didn't even know you could see stars. With no light pollution, the middle of the desert, I could see, we could see the comet that was going through the, whatchamacallit? Yeah, and we was, saw that one. We saw that one a few weeks ago. Just walked walk a couple blocks to get a clear view of it. Yeah. It's amazing. And, I, and, I, and you know what? I wonder, at the end of this, how many comics are going to stay in LA? How many comics are just going to simply retire? And how many comics will just go, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a scene. I'm going to find a scene and just move there. Man, I, <clears throat> once, like, the missus, her job got mixed. All I got to do is live by an airport and preferably a city where I can go practice stuff before I go on the road. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to put just new stuff in a set of charging people for it. Yeah. I took one of my <clears throat> greatest pleasures is not owing a bank any money. Like that was the first thing I did. Like, you know, you make a little bit of money from comedy. I've just paid off all my debt. I didn't buy anything fancy. I was just like, fuck you, fuck you. Banks kiss my ass. And so I pay off my credit card every month. So I just have points, which I know it doesn't mean shit in the long scope of overhauling how bad uh, the economy is. But I, I like just had all these points. So I got a telescope, like a bit, like a just big fat, fat telescope. And we said, this was in LA too, and saw the rings around Saturn just in the, in the alley behind our apartment. And I was like, that's, oh, that was just, it, it put so much in perspective. I know it's very like, you know, a pretty cliche to say something like that, but like, oh, this dumb little tube 
this, this aluminum tube with a couple mirrors in it. And I could see the rings around Saturn from my dumb alley where just leaf blowers and shit going on. Like maybe I'll, maybe I'll calm down a little bit. I got to get one of those. I got to get a fucking, I'm getting one. You do. You have, you have all, you've got a whole crib back there full of goofy fun shit. And you need the most middle aged, uh, midlife crisis thing there is, is a telescope. Get one. You can get one used because there's a bunch of dudes that got over it and got Viagra and found their groove and they don't need the telescope anymore. So you go on offer up. There's a ton for sale. (laughs) It's, it's great, man. It's great. I don't know where your new house is, but you, if it's out somewhere in the middle of nowhere, or shit, take it on the bus with you. That's what I was thinking. If you're going to be at a drive-in movie theater and you can hang out in the open spot like that once the cars are gone, light pollution's gone, it's such a simple device. A simple device brings bring me so much joy. Uh, yeah, I got. I I love finding stuff like that where you're like, mm-hmm. like, oh, you got to get, you got to get a like, a telescope would be fucking awesome. Like I just started taking tennis lessons because uh, I was like, because Tom and I are going to start playing into a competition, yeah. I'm sure. Try to get <laughs> fucking, there's nothing, nothing's casual with me and him. And so uh, today I was like, oh, like it was like a re, refixing of the way I saw the world. I was like, oh, exercise can be funny shit. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like fucking get on the treadmill. No, it's all I'm going to do is ride this bike because it's fun. It's not going to be good at it because it's keeping me a little bit more alive than I would be without it. So did you, drive, else, did you drive to Oregon? Yeah, I was here for three weeks. I bought a Subaru. That's right. how much. That's how like I'm like, oh, I'm here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the thing here. Yeah. I'm going to get deep into it. <laughs> Just eating, eating weird granola snacks from the grocery store I like. Wearing my camo Crocs around. I got like the weird action sandals toe sandals and shit I'm into it into it the whole way You're swimming in a lake i've always wanted to be that guy like you know you'd get a friend who is like genuinely outdoorsy and could go to a store and buy like some granola and live and and i never could i always ended up at a fucking convenience store buying a snickers bar going it's so much better like yeah I, you can have that stuff too <laughs> Heat the Snicker bar up a little bit. Roll it in the granola. What a great treat that appeases both sides of your personality. Uh, Heat up the chocolate. Roll it in a nice, uh, crunchy topping. Yeah, dude, new snack. Sweet. Are you still doing VO for Comedy Central anymore? No, man. Are they, that for a year. Is that dead now? The channel? Yeah, is that, are they gone? No. I, well, I don't know, man. I don't know what they're doing. Dave Borey. You know David Borey? He's, he's the new VO guy. Very funny dude. But it was funny. It would have been nice for them to tell me they were letting me go as opposed to just talking to Dave Borey. He's like, so you're not doing VO anymore? I'm like, I don't know, man. I just did some the other day. He's like, oh, because they just hired me to do that. I'm like, I congratulations, I guess. <laughs> it would have been nice to hear from them that they told me I didn't have the job anymore as opposed to just not uh, ghosting me. That yeah, would have been cool to not I'm be sure. ghosted by a corporation that you work for for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. I think they ghosted their entire, their entire staff. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know anything about like television, corporate television. I don't know anyone at anywhere. I know that we do. I do pitches and you no longer pitch to like, you don't pitch to comedy central. You just pitch to Viacom. 
and then they'll tell you where your show goes. And I was like, wow. I, yeah, I'm not trying to shoot myself in the foot, but I, I had this revelation like a year or so ago. I'm like, I'm a stand up. I want to do stand up. Yeah. I don't need, I, I don't want celebrity status from it. I don't want, you know, billions of dollars from it. I would like to be successful and pay for the things that I want to have and have a little bit left over and for an emergency or vacation or this and that, which I got. I don't, how much stuff are you supposed to want? Like I got, you get caught up in this, oh, so-and-so got that show or so-and-so got that. And then I was thinking like, wait, do I want that though? Like why? I got the thing. I did the thing. I got to be a stand-up comedian. What's, I was pitching a show and I really liked the idea and I got, nobody picked it up and I was getting mad about it. I'm like, what do you really, do you want to do this though? Do you want to make a show? I'm like, I don't think I do. I don't think I want to sit around and be like, okay, we got to call times 4 a.m., but you might sit there for six hours and weird makeup waiting to do 10 minutes. And I'm like, no, I like the thing that I do. I yeah. did that thing. The, the old Mitch Hedberg joke about like, you know, you know oh, you're, you're a chef. Can you farm? Like, <laughs> It's like, yeah, I know. I got the thing. I did the thing. So it really made it easier for me to kind of, not get upset about any Hollywood stuff or, Oh, I got to pitch a show or I got to have this idea or what are you working on? Like nothing, man. I'm working on jokes. Yeah. I, I, I think that comes with, I think that comes with, with age two of, of like when I was younger, if you gave me any opportunity, I jumped at that opportunity. I remember one time saying like, I would love to host a tonight show. And I remember someone saying, You'd, you'd want to talk to people that you have no interest in talking to that are not really there other than to promote a project. It seems like a shallow show. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, Oh, I don't know. I'd love to have a job. I just wanted a job. And now I'm yeah. at the point where like I did a voiceover for a cartoon once and halfway through the day, I was like, Hey, can I just, can I just give you your money back? And then you guys hire someone else. Like I don't think I like voiceover. I don't enjoy that. I appreciate that. Cause that means I probably got the job. Then. Yeah. And That's then I was, acting, <laughs> I was acting one day. And in the middle of it, someone's like, you have a really weird look on your face. I go, I feel like I'm wasting my life right now. <laughs> and they're like, really? <laughs> I don't like this at all. I just want to go back to pot. For me, it's it, like, there are big white whales. Like I, I would love to do, I would love the experience of doing a multicam. I would love the experience of doing a, um, a movie. I think making a movie, be, not, not just being cast in it, but making a movie would be fun as fuck. Yeah. I want to try that. Um, but for me, like, not just where my bread is buttered, but where my like emotional bread is, but like what makes me happy is podcasts. I love podcasts. I mean, but yeah. I do it my way. Like I don't like, I'm sure that we have a very specific audience on Birdcast where they go, oh, I want to hear Bert and Kyle talk about what makes them tick and stand up and when rogue waves or whatever. It's not like <laughs> I, I, I'm not branded right for this, but, and then two bear with Tom is just me laughing. And then Bill Burt is, is figuring out the mind of Bill Burr together, like just picking his brain. So it's like, yeah. I like the things I like to do and I love standup. I fucking never stop and do a standup. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It's like, find the things you don't want to do when you were younger. You would have been like, I'll do that in a heartbeat. And now you're like, Oh, thank God I didn't get into that. Cause I would fucking hate that. Yeah. Well, we get caught up, you know, you live in LA and you, you know, you, you, you play to your strengths. I, I'll do it. If my friends make a thing, I'm like, we want you in this. Hell yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Or if somebody wants, like, we want you specifically for, like, voiceover's the best. Voiceover's fun, and you show up, and your flies down, and you smell bad, and nobody cares. 
And uh, it's just you, you have to care because those, those sound booths, they don't just trap in sound. They trap in smells, too. You ever fart in a recording booth? It stays in there. So, but I'll do that. Like, I'll do that all day long. If somebody, but the audition process and like running around and pitching shows and I'm like, I don't like this at all. And I don't, if one thing got knocked down, I didn't have another one ready to go. Cause I was, I was like, no, this was, I like this idea. I wanted to. And so I was like, why are you, why are you making yourself nuts? Why are you sitting in LA making yourself nuts? Looking at like, I got to get that. I want to do that. It's like, no, man, you got, you got to do the thing. Go tell jokes, go tell. And then even still, it's like, well, you know, so-and-so is doing theaters. So-and-so is doing that. Like, so what do you, I, people come to see me. However many come to see me. I remember when I was like, oh, sh-, if you did a club, your first time you do a club and you bombed, but then there was like one table, like, hey man, we saw you on this thing. You're really like, oh, those, that one table came out. I guess I, I'll come back because then maybe it'll be three tables next time. Yeah. I guess, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I've, it's been this kind of piece that I got, especially like coming up to up here now, the past few months in Oregon, I'm like really reprioritized. Like, Oh yeah, I don't. I I I do, I do enjoy LA. I do enjoy going to the shows and seeing all my friends at them, and that's my that's that's my social socializing is going to do a show, and then your friends are there. But then yeah. after that, it's like I just want to sit at home, man, <laughs> or go off to the woods and ride my bike. Do you think you will come back to LA when if 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 they come up with the vaccine? Do you think you're back in LA? Oh no, we'll be we'll be back. We're just up here temporarily. I'm, I'm sure, but not like probably on the outskirts somewhere, somewhere like. Who knows, maybe out, out in a valley or out towards Pasadena or something. I mean, we're like in Hollywood now and it's kind of, you see all the other people running around doing the thing that you did and you're like, oh, you guys, I mean, best of luck to you. <laughs> I hope you, I hope you find peace, man. I hope you find, I hope you find where your heart belongs through all this chaos. <laughs> I know I did. I'm better for it. I got, oh. I got to get off social media. It's like, man, I don't need it. I'm getting mad. I'm like, I'm, I'm coming up with arguments that never happened with people I don't know. And like, what this isn't healthy, man. Great. I don't know what that does for stand up. being completely happy and at peace with the world. Isn't uh, great for stand up, but I'd rather be mentally well than uh, have a chaotic mind. But like, Oh, that guy's hilarious. Yeah. But he's miserable. Like, Who gives a shit? Oh, you're, if you're miserable, what's the point? You know, I saw some guy, uh, some guy that's like a big comic someone had written something nasty about me. Some, some guy had written something nasty about me and uh, a big comic. I'll, I'll tell you his name when we get done with this uh, f- favorite, liked the, liked the tweet. And, and, and then I looked and I was like, Oh, they must know each other. And that big comic doesn't follow that guy. He just yeah. was searching for negative shit about me, found it and liked it thinking maybe I'll never yeah. see it, but it, it shows up in my fucking timeline. Hey, dot, 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 liked the tweet you were yeah. mentioned in. And I thought, wow, man, that's fucking, that's filling, that's a guy that I didn't think was filled with that much negativity that he's Googling. By the way, I'm so complimented that he's Googling my name. That he's Googling yeah. the fucking, because he hates me. That makes me feel really good that a guy of his stature would hate me. Yeah, at least you got on the radar, man. Fuck yeah. Hey, when I was trying to get, can- everybody's getting canceled. I'm like, man, I did the most racist shit, the pictures of my sister's kittens. Like, <laughs> 13 years ago or something like I drew horrible things on these kittens because they're kittens. So I thought it was funny if I 
did like the glasses and the buck teeth and wrote <laughs> ching chong on them and shit. Cause it was, it was so sick cause they're kittens. But then yeah. I put them back up. I'm like, cancel me. Look what I did. It's horrible. Oh, I was yeah. trying to get that, that Trader Joe's bit from 10 years ago where like Trader Joe's getting all this taking shit now for having like racist food items. I'm like, I did a whole bit where I did a voice for each one of the racist food items at Trader Joe's. I'm like, give me some traction. God, canceling me would be the biggest thing that could happen to me right now. <laughs> I did the I'm not big enough to get canceled. <laughs> I wrote a joke. I wrote a joke last night. I, 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 we were, t- I, 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 we were talking about, um, you, they say you can't do voices of ethnicities that that's, that's that that's racist and i went well i i can understand that for some voices but i i go i i don't think it's with with a black dude i just i know too many black dudes and then they someone goes that's punching down if you do a black man's voice that's punching down and i said clearly you've never been in a fight with a black man there's no punching down it's all punching up from your back usually (laughs) and i go and and they didn't get the joke and i was like oh never Uh, you guys no you can't what if you do a Southern accent and then when people are like, that's okay. You're like, it was a black guy. From the and then you're like, uh-huh, gotcha. You laughed at it. You're racist. You son of a bitch. Uh, our best friend is Chinese. And I don't think any, everyone of our friends loves her, but if they tell a story where she talks, they can't help but speak in broken English the way she does. And no one, I no one of our friends, our friends love her to death. But when they tell a story about Sandy, and then they'll be like, and then she said, Gruzin, come over now. And you're, and, and you're like, there's no hatred in it. It's our friends translating a story that they, about their friend that they love. But whatever. I understand. I try to learn. Kyle, it's all about progress. <laughs> Listen, if people's accents and inflections, if you're retelling their story, it's like, well, it's kind of funny because it came from that. I'm not going to bury myself anymore with this. Like I said, it's out there. Everything. Like we all know what's out there that we've done. Like oh, yeah. man, just, like you said, it just means somebody's been looking at the back catalog, and I appreciate it. Thank God, <laughs> I'm, I'm proud. A lot, I got a lot of specials out there that I don't feel ever got the heat they deserve. Please search <laughs> for something. Please look to cancel me. It just means you're listening to the albums, and that's all I want, really. Well, where can everyone find the album? The the new the new one with an hour, uh, hundred minutes. 100 minutes called trampoline in a ditch and it's on um, 800 pound gorilla it's i mean it's audio so it's just on spotify pandora apple music i mean it's the internet if people don't know how to use the internet yet i can't help them man i don't know <laughs> dead yeah. coconuts records dead record breakers the tower records <laughs> Tuesday night drop nights. Well, I'll tell you, man. I I, thought, I thank you for hopping on early to do this with me because I I didn't think an hour was enough. I wanted to talk to you for a little longer, but uh, you're fucking brilliant, dude. You are one of the best comics working. You're my favorite comic. That tour we did. You're the way you approach comedy is is from a real comics perspective, and I fucking love it, man. I love it. Congratulations on on the new special. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it, man. Have fun on tour. Good luck out there. I will. I'll text you. See if I come your way. Maybe we'll do some do a show. Yeah, you make it Pacific Northwest. Let me know. I'll get the Subaru out there. I am. I think except uh, October. Let me know, man. I will. I will. Hey, thanks for doing this, Kyle. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you, brother. Stay safe.
This episode was brought to you by The Machine.